You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Tuesday, the 17th of January, and we're talking Cardinals baseball today with Jennifer Langosh, as always, our Cardinals reporter. Jen, thank you, as always, for the time, and uh, not a lot of uh, actual news right now uh, with the Cardinals. The hot stove has cooled down considerably, though, as we're talking today, I believe Joey uh, Bats is back in Toronto. Bautista's back with them. The Rangers signing Josh Hamilton to a deal a minor league deal, but not a lot in the way of uh, actual Cardinals news. But one thing that caught my eye, and I'm sure it caught yours and many others, uh, I don't know if this is an annual event, Jen, but the the karaoke fundraiser held by Adam Wainwright, it seems like uh, a good time was had by all. And I guess the million-dollar question here is, can, can Adam carry a tune? What do you think? He actually can. Um, very impressive that Adam Wainwright, obviously we know, star pitcher, um, is actually a pretty darn good karaoke singer. So he held his first uh, first annual, he, he hopes to make this an annual event, karaoke sing-off challenge on the final night of winter warm-up. Didn't really know what to expect. Basically had folks audition via Twitter videos. He picked um, 15 individuals to perform on stage, many of them very, very impressive themselves. And then he treated the crowd um, to a couple songs of his own. As he told me afterwards, he has a sort of personality where he does not mind embarrassing himself or doing whatever in front of a crowd, especially if he can raise donations to do so. So that was probably the biggest part of the night was by the time it was all over, um, not only had one fan been, been crowned the sing-off champion, but $40,000 had been raised for three charities, one of those being Cardinals Care, um, which will get 50% of the donations as Wainwright wanted to help them recoup from missing a day of winter warm-up due to an ice storm that we had here in St. Louis. So a successful event. Uh, For those who might have missed it, go to cardinals.com or my Twitter account. I do have video proof that Adam can sing and dance (laughs) just a little bit, um, and you can enjoy that for yourself. Yeah, no question. Uh, So what kind of songs are are we talking here? Like, uh, you know, current top 40, some of the the classics, maybe songs that he grew up listening to. What what was his uh, playlist? Um, his playlist is mostly Taylor Swift. Um, oh, Adam has four little girls, so he sings a lot of Taylor Swift, a lot of Katy Perry, a little bit of Christina Aguilera, everything mm. that you can imagine um, little girls listen to. So, yeah, he, uh, he his big performance at the event was Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. Um, so, And, again, he, he pulled it off quite well. I'm, I'm very uh, glad to hear that, as I'm sure a lot of people are too. But I think that also begs the question, given, Jen, that he has – Four little girls, uh, you know, as cool as it was for, you know, fans to see, you know, the team star pitcher up there singing and dancing the night away. What about his four little girls? Was it, you know, dorky old dad up there embarrassing them? How did that go over? Yeah, I didn't see them in attendance. I think they're home in Georgia. I'm sure they got video proof of what their dad was up to. Um, But, you know, one of the most poignant moments of the night, I'll tell you, there was a nine-year-old girl in the competition. She actually advanced to the finals um, as part of the sing-off. And Adam took the microphone and told her that he remi- that she reminded him of his little girl, the oldest of his being 10 years old, how proud he was of her and how his girls probably wouldn't have had the gumption to get on stage 
and do the same thing. So um, he hopes to grow this event. Perhaps his family can, can come in one of the future years. And again, I'm sure that video group has made its way back to Georgia of what their dad was doing last night. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it has, uh, given the age that we live in. So, Jen, I'll ask you to kind of speculate here to kind of wrap up uh, this discussion. What are the chances that at some point in 2017 that video is going to make its way to, oh, I don't know, the video scoreboard at Bush Stadium? Yeah, I think there's a good chance. I was actually wondering if it would make its way directly to Taylor Swift. I mean, she's uh-huh. an actual, an, an active participant on social media. I know she loves getting things from fans. So um, it was sent her way. We'll see if Adam gets a response from that. Um, and hopefully, I think it'd be a lot of fun in future years that um, maybe not just get out and wait on stage, maybe lasso some of his teammates into performing as well. Lance Lynn was also there last night. Um, he paid his way out of getting on stage, gave a generous donation to charity, so he didn't have to take a microphone. But I'm guessing that there's a few other guys in the clubhouse that kind of like Adam Wainwright don't mind embarrassing themselves for a good cause, and perhaps that's where we can see this event grow. Yeah, I think uh, you know we talk about guys who are popular with the fan base, and that's a big reason why it has you know not just to do with the success on the field, but to show that personable side of you. And like you said, he's not afraid to embarrass himself a little bit, and you know really just let himself go and uh, present a side of him that many people uh, don't often see. So kudos to Adam Wainwright and, of course, kudos to the uh, many thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars that he raised uh, for charity. Uh, Hats off all around to Adam Wainwright there. And, Jen, to kind of transition from that, I know that at, uh, at this time last year talking about Adam Wainwright, he was one of the more vocal guys about all the – how annoyed he was, really, at the attention that the Cubs were getting – He said at that time, you know, look, we've won this thing four years in a row. Yeah, the Cubs are loaded. They're they're a preseason pick to win the whole thing, of course, that actually did come to fruition. So what's the attitude now as as the Cubs are deservedly getting that attention? Is there something of an underdog mentality with this Cardinals team? And does it does it still bug Adam Wainwright that, you know, everybody's talking about the Cubs again and the focus isn't quite so much on the Cardinals as it had been in, in years past? Yeah, I mean, for the, the kind of the the feeling I got here at Winter Warm Up, where we saw almost all of the team come in and players come through, is that they welcome the opportunity to maybe be an underdog for a change. And you could say that they entered last season um, as an underdog as well, though that's a little bit debatable when you consider that they were also the three-time defending NL Central champs. But um, no, I mean, they're, they're cognizant of, of not only what the Cubs did last year, obviously, but also what they've built. Um, and what could be sustained in years coming forward. And they look forward to that rivalry. I mean, the one comment that probably stood out to me most from this weekend in terms of the Cubs-Cardinals rivalry actually came from General Manager John Moselock, who said, hey, we're not playing for second place. We've been hungry to get back and play the Cubs since the season ended. Um, and then there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic that this Cardinals team is going to be better and plenty of reasons to believe why the Cubs will have a hard time to repeat a 103-win season. So um, there are, I can tell you, there are a lot of players on this team that felt like they did not play up to potential in 2016 and are looking forward to not only maybe being healthy this year, but also excelling on the field. You know, Adam Wainwright being one of those who just felt that he labored through injury issues, not having enough strength in his lower body, mechanical problems, all these things that contributed to a down year. He feels as in the past and hopes that he and others can take that step forward to close that gap. It's a big gap, but to start to close that gap between the Cards and the Cubs. Yeah, no question. And, Jen, it seems like, you know, if you mention Adam Wainwright, you automatically mention or at least think of 
Yadier Molina, the guy that's caught uh, so many of Wayne Wright's starts now for uh, for so many years. And I know that, uh, you know, something you wrote about, something of a debate about uh, Yadier's playing time. Uh, obviously, uh, a lot of miles uh, on those legs and, uh, and in that right arm of his behind the plate. Uh, so many stellar defensive years. He's 34 now. He had a streak of uh, eight consecutive gold gloves broken this past year by Buster Posey. And I know that in you speaking to Mike Matheny, uh, his attitude was, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to pull back the reins on one of our horses. You know, this is a guy we've relied on for so long. He is uh, part of the nucleus of this team, and I'm, I'm going to ride him as long as I possibly can. The other side of that uh, debate is, well, you have to look long-term here. Again, he is creeping up on his, his mid-30s. You don't want to run the guy out there 140 games every year because you could, you know, precipitate an injury or a decline before that before we're ready to see that decline. What side of the fence do you fall on here? Yeah, uh, you know, I have a hard time believing that the Yanni Molina is going to be able to start 142 games behind the plate again. Um, you know, that being said, I will always acknowledge that I, you, you never count Yanni out of anything. I mean, he's a freakish athlete. He's a guy who works as hard as anybody to get into shape so he's ready for, for the rigors of the season. Um, but he is going to be 35 years old in, in July, and I, you know, I think that's why – this question, as it does this time every year, came up this weekend as to is this the time that the Cardinals finally need to rein in that workload? Again, Yachty starting more games at catcher than anybody in the majors last year. And actually, in franchise history, only Ted Simmons ever started more games behind the plate in a season than Yachty did last year. And again, we're talking about a guy who in 2016 was 34 years old at the All-Star break. So, uh, you know, the Cardinals and Mike Matheny in particular are very bold in saying they are going to continue to ride this guy until he shows that he can't be ridden this hard anymore. Uh, Mike Matheny making the point that his job description is to win games and to win games and give this team the best chance to do so. He likes having Yanni Molina on the field. So we'll see how it all plays out. I mean, at some point, he's just not going to be able to carry this workload. And again, if you talk about reducing his workload even to just 120, 130 starts, that's still a significant percentage of the games that he would be there on the field. But there's no question that when you talk about impact players in this organization, I think you always start with Yachty and what he means to the pitching staff, what he can do offensively, um, and just as a way to control games in such a unique fashion. And I'll, I'll add, too, that yesterday was the first time we had spoken to him about not winning that Gold Glove Award. He thinks he got snubbed, um, which is a little interesting because when you look at his defensive numbers, I, I think um, it was justified that the, the award went elsewhere this year. But Yachty seems to be uh, coming with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, believing that he should have won that ninth-strength gold glove and is ready to prove so in 2017. Yeah, I mean, that's a scary thought for other teams is that you've got a guy already this talented, already this hardworking, already this dedicated. Now <laughs> you put a chip on that shoulder too. I mean, this could be, you know, a – something of a rejuvenative uh, renaissance season for Yachty. Not that he had a down year in 2016 by any means. Uh, one stat that caught my eye from your article is that he led the majors in second-half batting average. I was stunned to learn that. Uh, were you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. To, to, to lead three, I think he was 365 after the All-Star break. And, again, that's it's justification for Mike Matheny's point that why would I take this guy out when he's given me no reason to? I mean, again, catching more games, more innings ever, in his career, and here he was at the end of the year, the Cardinals' most consistent and most productive hitter at the plate. So, um, again, a testament to the work that he puts in. The ability to stay healthy last year was certainly key. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals see no warning signs at this point that they needed to pull those reins just yet. 
Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. Uh, we'll see what kind of a season Yachty puts together here in 2017. And, Jen, to begin to wrap things up, kind of our uh, question of the day or question of the week, if you will, as you look around, uh, you know, the landscape of uh, what's going on in this hot stove season, who is one player that has changed teams this offseason, whether through uh, free agency or a trade, that when you saw that transaction, it kind of made you think to yourself, you know what, that guy would have been a great fit on this Cardinals team. Yeah, you know, I, I thought from the start of the offseason that Justin Turner was a guy that could be a difference maker here in St. Louis. You know, my understanding is the Cardinals really never pursued um, him all that hard in free agency, and, and Turner obviously then went back and re-signed with the Dodgers. But um, for, for two reasons. I mean, number one, you look at positions in the field, probably the most um, the, the least settled is third base. He would have been able to slot in there and been you know, a better defender at third base than the Cardinals' current options, which would be Johnny Peralta and Jed Jerko. So for a team looking to improve defensively, I thought he could be a good fit at that corner. And then you look offensively and how the profile of this offense looks to be shifting this year with a, a trend towards speed and athleticism and OBP. I wondered if the I still wonder if the Cardinals have enough thump there in the middle of the order to really have a deep enough lineup. And you, know, you look at Justin Turner's stat, what he did last year, and you envision him hitting there in the middle of the lineup. And I thought it would have been a very intriguing look for this team. Obviously, it didn't happen. Uh, third base will belong to Johnny Peralta or Jed Jerker. We'll see how that spring training competition rolls out. Um, but he is a guy who, again, I, I did think could be an interesting fit here and address a couple of different problems or deficiencies that the Cardinals may still have going into the season. Yeah, I don't think uh, Jerko or uh, Peralta all that upset to see the Dodgers uh, throw millions of dollars at Justin Turner to return uh, re retain his services, I should say, for the foreseeable future. Jen Langosh, always a pleasure. Thank you for the time on this Tuesday. We will do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, it's Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, St. Louis Cardinals. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.